Hi, McFarland. 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 Say hello, Sammy. McFarland. Woo. <laughs> Say hello, Gordo. Say it again. Say it again. McFarland. We're, we're gonna get this baby up right away. Right, right, right after we tape and put this baby up. Why the the adrenaline's coursing through everyone's vein. And uh spoiler alert, a little behind the scenes, throw back the curtain. Evidently, Sammy didn't know who I was. <laughs> no, didn't know I existed. Yet somehow knew it, Joe Kelly and I existed. No, no, no. That was a bizarre comment by you I about knew, two seconds ago. I knew that I knew who you were, and I knew that you and Joe Kelly were friends. <laughs> do you, Do you think that I thought you were like a friend of Joe Kelly, and then yeah, I was you like, thought you thought he's like who's this? I don't know all I, this person who is reaching out to do this, like on Twitter, who. I I don't he's he's just some acquaintance of Joe. I don't know who he is. No, no, no. The, the the order of operations is wrong. I knew I knew you covered the Red Sox, and then I knew you were oh. friends with Joe Kelly while right. covering the Red Sox. Okay, etc. Et that was. Right. It's gonna be on my head. It's gonna be on my headstone. Friend to Joe <laughs> Kelly, also known also known as Robert Farnsworth Bradford. So you thought that? Did you think that I found out that you covered? The Red Sox. No, I didn't. I I didn't think that was conceivable. But the way that you phrased it, yeah. Let's make a, a Rob Bradford, Joe Kelly, like Siamese twins graphic. Sammy <laughs> Sammy's got the thought bubble up there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just put like a shadow in back of Joe Kelly's head. That that's me. A silhouette. We can uh, uh, we can have Cora wear that as a shirt if he ever wants to take that underdog <laughs> shirt off. I mean, come on. As I said, like, come on. This it's. The underdog shirt is the, and he was asked about this prior to Friday's game in the in the big massive media session, because um, he had been wearing a few. Did we did we we talked about this right? Did we talk about this? No, we didn't talk. We talked about the shirt. We uh, okay. Talked about the underdog. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so Cora says, you know, Veritech put it in my locker. I'm just wearing it. Whatever. Okay. Well, I mean, Ver. Right, you compared to any t-shirt in your locker. You kind of you want to know what you're wearing. And as I pointed out, a quick Google of underdog, comma, cartoon, comma, shirt would show that you can buy that shirt for fifteen dollars. So there you go. And, and but the, he's wearing it out, man. Underdog shirt. And yeah, now now he's like obviously if he didn't know, which obviously he knew, but if he didn't know, he's obviously been told now and he's wearing it again. For the post game interview, as we speak, so is he? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I would imagine that Haim knows about it now. No, but I would. I wonder because when we were in Washington, he was walking obviously back and forth. Haim was right there, and you know, Haim's not of the age where he would who he would ever have seen the underdog cartoon. Neither would either one of you. Like you, you have probably had no concept. Like oh, yeah, no, Sammy I might know. I, I don't know. So when my parents would go away, I would stay at the uh, the woman who lives next door, our neighbor. She would like watch me when I was a little kid, and she showed me the underdog cartoon. So I have seen it. Was that like th- a week ago? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, <laughs> I mean, you got to clarify. Like Come on. It was like a month ago. No. <laughs> um. All right. Well, yeah. It's 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 a funny thing. It's it's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, I, I guess I'm going to ask Jason Veritek to put a baseball isn't boring or Bradford show. Uh, t-shirt and Cora's locker to see if he wears it as well my guess is no i think it's uh it's symbolic and that's fine so um so let's get to the brass tacks here's here's what i would ask you guys you fellas is which would you rather have 
would you rather have them, the Red Sox winning? Or which is more important to you? The Red Sox winning today, as we tape this, sweeping the Yankees, having won now for the last five series, therefore the last five series that they played in, or burying the Yankees. So in other words, I phrase that terribly. Which would you rather have? The Red Sox winning today or the Red Sox burying the Yankees, which absolutely positively happened. It may have happened before this, but this was like five nails in the coffin. Sammy, you first. So for the first time ever in my lifetime, and I'm I'm 28 years old, so, you know, seen a few Red Sox-Yankee series, that was really the first time that it felt like the Red Sox were just playing another team. So I'm happier about the Red Sox winning rather than the Yankees being buried. Not to say that I didn't enjoy that part as well, but I think the wins are more important. All right, Gordo. So just just to clarify what we're being asked here, you're saying what what am I happier about? The fact that the Red Sox just swept the series, or the fact that they just kicked the Yankees like even way further down in the gutter than they already were, and they're dead. And did you know me before you knew that I was friends with Joe Kelly? So <laughs> I did know you before I knew you were friends with Joe Kelly. I don't know what the hell Sammy's thinking. I don't, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to handle this. Later All right, on. we've we've defined that. So yes, so Red Sox. Uh, but- Winning or Red Sox bearing the Yankees? Second part of the question, it's obviously like it's more fun as like like in the moment, it's more fun that they buried the Yankees. But like, let's be real here. The Red Sox are needing every single one of these. It's crazy. Water against like they lose one of these games and they're four out. It's so crazy. It's that for me. It's that it has. Okay. To yeah, it's and, and also like this. Be honest. The Yankees had already sort of gone down that road, although I could tell. What the narrative coming from the Yankeedom, if if he was called safe at the plate, which by the way, what a play by Connor Wong, right? Holy oh mackerel! God. Oh my god! I love Connor Wong, baby. Pick and tag, <laughs> like block the plate legally, everything. It, it, it was just such a great play. So the narrative coming up, they scored the run, they go on to win the games. Was uh, Volpe, Volpe, you know, Volpe? That was the one. It's going to turn. He's turning the tide. You know, this was the game. It finally, you know, they figured it out. I mean, we because we've gone down that road plenty of times with Red Sox. This is the one. It was. It's not the one. They're buried. So anyway, I I am of the mind that what you just said, Gordo. I, through these through this wave of playing well, oh, in New York. I don't know if you know this. They swept the Yankees. Okay, through this wave of playing well. The reality is so, like, uncomfortable. Uncomfortable because, and I'm not throwing a, like, wet blanket on this, but this is this reality. That if you lose your four back, holy mackerel. Holy mackerel. It's like every little thing now, every little loss. And, and by the way, it gets even more uncomfortable because now you have these teams bunched together, Seattle and Toronto, but as well as you're playing, and this, I'll come back to it. I'm not, I, I, this is the last bit of negativity I'm going to throw you away for the next at least three minutes. It's the Toronto series. It's the Toronto series. That's the, that's what we should, we'll, we'll all, we should always, we should never downplay that Toronto series. Anyway. Yeah. That was tough. That was tough. But <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to kill your buzz, man. Like, no, no. No, you're no, right. Rob, you're, you're absolutely right. Because if, if, if it's just like we think about what happens if they lose one of these three games, 
think about if they had just not gotten swept. Let's say they win one game against the Blue Jays. Right now they are, am I right, two and a half? Yeah, they're two and a half back at Toronto. So you can add, they're half game back at Toronto if they just win one game in that series. Yeah, things are so one tight. No, things are so tight right now. If they had lost today to the Yankees, I feel like it, it wouldn't have felt like they won the series. It would have felt like a lost oh, opportunity. I'm totally, I'm totally with you. And that, yep. but that's the, that's their sort of lot in life right now. And now you go into against the Houston, which by the way they've lost. I went three three in a row. Yeah, they, they just got swept down by the yeah. man. Yeah, so you know, it, 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 and you have four games there. Then you have the Dodgers. We knew this was coming, and this is you know was better than the alternative. You're playing well, but you are so far out of the woods. It, it's it's so tough because, like you said. You have the Blue Jays sitting there, or the or if the Mariners lose, they're sitting there, and there's that team in between. And I'll come back to it. Like that's that's why that stupid trade deadline comment. I'm sorry, I told him this. Like I think a lot, he should be. We we can spend the rest of this podcast praising him for getting Pablo Reyes and Luis Urias and all these other guys. But I told him this. I said, you know, these are the things that piled up that were in your favor heading in out of the trade deadline. And so, including, you didn't have anyone between you and the team you were chasing. Anyway, there you go. Sorry. I'm just bummed. I just wanted a reliever, not to rehash the trade deadline. I feel like they, remember, right after the trade deadline, I was flipping out. I gave three different examples of games that one reliever could have made a huge difference instead of using... I hate to keep Mauricio, Mauricio Jovera. Jovera. That sounds like a, a medication. Need Jovera? Oh, so anyway, so let's be positive. <laughs> no, I don't need, I don't care. This is, this is just about being realist. I mean, because the frustration, frustrating part is this you're coming out of this still in this, but you're able to, you're able to enjoy, uh, you guys are able to enjoy this um, because they did sweep the Yankees. And they have been, have guys played well. So this is where, while I just ranted and raving about the trade deadline, or not the trade deadline, but the, whatever, the underdog thing, about understanding how important that Toronto series was. Let's look at this. And it's going to come away sort of like it did in 2021 as we sit here. U- ultimately, by the end of the month, by the end of August in 2021, we had to do the Mia Culpas with Austin Davis, Hansel Robles, Kyle Schwarber, right? Well, we kind of have to do this now with Luis Urias, Pablo Reyes. We do. We do. They're good players. They're better players than what you had. You went out and got better players. There you go. And I know that, Sammy, you were a big Urias guy, right? Yeah, I was about to say, Sammy Sammy doesn't need to apologize for anything. He, I think he, he talked up Luis Urias more than I think anyone else I saw I saw a lot of Sox fans on Twitter saying the Red Sox did nothing at the trade deadline and and Sammy's talking up Luis Arias and I honestly I think I I sided with Sammy though I was not quite as strong on that side but it's just so interesting to look at another team you look at the Blue Jays got Paul DeYoung yeah who I mean again people... I'm sorry I just want to take this moment I apologize go take it I no no I just take two seconds I apologize I did. I was all oh, on the apology, Paul DeYoung. Apology oh, accepted, but now yeah. I'm curious about what you got to say. So you got to say no, it. no, just the Paul DeYoung thing. Like I'm oh. like, like, <laughs> why? Be- how do you, how do you not trade for this guy for basically your 30th ranked prospect and you it's get really Luis tough. Urias? So 
The only reason I was excited about Urias is because he was really good in 21 and 22, and then he got hurt this year and played poorly. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, if he's healthy, he'll probably be good. Has to be a reason that Bloom traded for him. I mean, say what you want about Bloom. He's not an idiot. So he looks healthy. Yeah. Think, of, think <laughs> about it. People people wanted – remember that Paul DeYoung rumor came out like a day or two before the trade deadline, and I saw a lot of Sox fans talking themselves into that being – possibly the move to shore up the middle infield until story got back. And then maybe he moves over to second base or something. And I think people, if they had gotten him would have been happy with the move. They wouldn't necessarily have been happy with the entirety of the deadline. If that was all they did, but they would have applauded the move if it happened. And you just, what, what it, yesterday is the August 19th. So 19 days after the trade deadline, Luis or Paul DeYoung gets DFA'd by the blue Jays after hitting below 100 and Luis Arias hits a grand slam off of the Cy Young favorite. So, it's, Gordo, it's, yeah. Gordo, Urias with the Red Sox, 10 games, 827 OPS, two home runs, double, nine RBIs, 123, 123 weighted runs created. So, I mean, he's not changing everything. But no, but, good, he, but, but here's... Nor here's, should you expect him to. No, yeah. this is what it comes down to. He, was, he made your team better, right? With all due respect to Christian Royal, he just wasn't playing that well, and he's getting hurt. Like, nor was anyone else at the position. Yeah, and so, and then Pablo Reyes stepped up, and you know he's playing better than what you had. He's better play, certainly better than Kike Hernandez. But go ahead, amazing. amazing. Just it, it's. I was uh, talking with someone earlier today. How every time the Red Sox play the Rays, you see a position player on the team and you think, where did they find this guy? How is he so good? And Pablo Reyes is kind of the Red Sox equivalent of that. We have our own, where did this guy come from player? And feels really good. Well, that's why when I sat down with Bloom the other day, like I ended the podcast saying, all right, here you go. We'll end with this. How did you find Pablo Reyes? That's it. And, and I was, and he admitted, he's like, I really didn't know much about him. But this is how it works, and you, you've got to you got to pour one out for the guys behind the scenes. This is how this works that you identify. But this this one, the Pablo Reyes thing, I don't know if he's going to continue it. I don't know if you guys think he is or not. But what he's done so far to identify somebody who had barely played in the major leagues, who was in AAA, who was the epitome of a journal A, and by the way, who was in AAA for the Oakland A's. And not even playing every day. Not even playing every day. And said, we like, we see this and we see that. Now, I will say this. And, you know, I can't be a hypocrite. A lot of times I get really frustrated with this. We like this. We like that. We can change this. We can change that. And we're going to fix them. Joe Vera. You know, you know, or something like that. But it's worked out. And you got to give him credit. And and I think as we sit here, we do this roller coaster with Heim. You know, this once again, man, we have to give him credit. Turner, I mean, like what I said, what it, is there to say? What you, can't. yeah, well, I, yeah, I texted, I, I text, I texted this to Justin Turner after he hit Noggin, but I tweeted this, I don't know when it was, a week or two ago. I said, you know, this is, I've never felt like this, a guy getting up there with in a clutch situation that you feel like something good is going to happen since Ortiz or at least in the conversation and immediately boom uh who's uh JD Martinez and I I Mia culpa, Mia culpa JD Martinez I looked up the numbers I'm like holy crap you're right close and late 2018 really even better 
but still I'll stand by it. When he, when Turner gets up there at the end, I'm like, I don't even know what type of hit it's going to be, but it just feels like he is just going to place the bat in a perfect spot, wherever that pitch is thrown that results in a good result. You know, the fact, the fact that you're comparing 38 year old Justin Turner to prime JD Martinez in 2018, that says a lot. Yeah, but yeah, do you guys feel that way? Time. Yeah, guys, yeah. I, I feel it, it's it's kind of like when Chris Martin comes out of the bullpen. You know he's going to get the job done, and it's such a, a as a fan of the team, it's a calming feeling knowing that the guy you have in there is likely going to get the job done. Well, and and I'll say that you know is once again if we're going to go down the list here, you mentioned Chris Martin, Chris Martin, Kenley Jansen. You paid for certainty, yeah, it cost you money. You paid for certainty, but. The, there's no th- such thing as absolute certainty, but they gave you even better than what you paid for, honestly. And can you imagine, guys? Can you imagine what the season would look like without those two guys? They'd be oh. out of it. They'd oh, be out of it. They'd be, they'd, they'd be so far out of it. And think about that. That's what they were last year. That like that's what you were living with. Yeah. Yeah. And and Schreiber this year, his high leverage numbers are not good. So I can't even fathom what it would look like without Kenley and Martin. Wow. Yeah. Last year you had Schreiber to hold down the fort and then Hauk, you know, moved in there for a little bit to hold down the fort. And then later on Whitlock moved in there and he held down the fort. You were just kind of, it was like a revolving door of guys holding down the fort. And then this year, you know, who's got the seventh, you know, who's got the eighth, you know, who's got the ninth and almost every single time they get it done. And the stat, which I don't have in front of me, but they're like a gazillion and nothing when leading after seven or eight innings or seven innings. That's not for that's not because of nothing. Like that's those guys right there. I think it actually you nailed it. I think it is absolutely gazillion to and nothing. Yeah. I think it's in the just, notes. I th- I saw that. Even today with a with a blown save, they still they still won. I, I can I just say also, I I as I was waiting to do this podcast, I kept watching the Kenley Jansen mic drop video. And this the subtle part about that video. Is his face? I, I actually was sitting here laughing. <laughs> it's so good. It's such a good video. <laughs> I know he. Yeah, I and mean, we we talked about that anyway. Um. So, so okay. Listen, I'm just gonna open the floor for you guys. I want you to 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 bear your soul, Sammy. You can go first. Bear your soul. What's on your mind? What's on your mind coming out of the sweep of the Yankees? about your Boston Red Sox. It can be anything, anything at all that maybe we talked about that you didn't talk about, whatever you want to talk about. What do do you got? Look, we did a lot of podcasts before the season began. And I think we all came to an agreement that we would be thrilled with meaningful baseball in the last two months of the season. So I'm happy. I'm happy we got that. Of course, I would want more. But in a year that we all said was a bridge year, to have a competitive team that's fighting for a playoff spot while you're rebuilding the farm into an almost consensus top five system, I think Red Sox fans should be pretty happy with where the team's at and what the future is going to look like. So no complaints. Ah, I don't want to hear about the future. Stop it. Future as in next week. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Enough of the future. Honest to God. But this is what I want. So tonight, Sunday night, we're all going to go to bed thinking, Big series, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. These are huge games. We didn't have this last year. It's been it's been a year, over a year since we've gotten to have this feeling of like angst, of big game tomorrow. And that's exciting to me. Would I love them to make the playoffs? Absolutely. But hey, 
we got meaningful baseball for now. I'm good. Sammy, while we're, while we're talking about what we said before the season, I am going to be excited at the end of this thing to go back and listen to our uh, preseason projections and just like what we had a bunch of topics that we guessed on. And one of them was the win total and my win total. I've kept this in mind all season. It, it was 86. I said, they're going to have 86 wins and they're going to be knocked out in like the last week of the season right now. <laughs> They are on pace for 86.18 wins, which Asti. means I am a certified genius. You are. As it stands today. Yeah, I mean. As it stands today. You as are. As it stands today. I picked 84, so I'm not too far behind. And I also said 84 and narrowly missing the playoffs, I believe is how I worded it. So, we'll I mean, you, you're, and we you're, were you're, both you're... on the high end. Like yeah. everyone else, think about the the over under on the sports books was 78 and a half. That was yeah. my no, 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 no. At one point in spring training, it was 74. 74 and a half. Oh. Yeah, it was. And oh, my God. Yeah, I love yeah. the uh, the culture of digging up old bad takes. Oh, well, <laughs> I'll, all the time. I'll say this. So when Schreiber came in or was coming, getting ready to come in, I had been meaning to do this because people like, I guess, Will Fleming and Joe Kostig, they have this thing about Johnny Leverage, his nickname Johnny Leverage, right? which I keep telling him like, he doesn't want to be called that. And they refuse. They were like earmuffs. They will refuse to acknowledge it. Like, so we call him eight mile. I yeah. said, I said, guys, and they go on. It doesn't matter. They keep saying it and they keep, this is his nickname. This is so, all right, I'm going to have to do this. So I went back and I found when, when John, John Schreiber came on uh, the broad or came on the Bradford show on the radio with me it was right after he appeared in spring training game he he ran right up the stairs and he came on and it was in the middle of spring training and i said look can can we just define this is what do you, what do you want to be called i don't care i'll take whatever you say johnny leverage john, uh, eight mile and he says eight mile so i knew he said this so today i'm doing this thing and i'm cutting that and, and then i'm about to tweet it and he gives up five rounds i'm like yeah this is probably the best time so i text it to uh to Joe and Will. And of course I get no response, but anyway, my point was, is that when I'm listening to that audio file, I said this in that, and this is in the middle of March to my thing. We kept saying 2023 Cole Red Sox colon, maybe like <laughs> nothing's changed. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Like this is, it, it's almost impossible to get to this point in the season and legitimately feel the exact same way in a lot of, in, in most every way. I mean, guys have exceeded expectations and things have changed. But as we sit here, guys, maybe, right? Think think about it, Rob. That stat that they keep showing on Nesson of, uh, of the top four ERA pitchers in baseball and how the Red Sox just demolished those guys. I, I think about like if they miss the playoffs, I'm gonna think back on this year as such like a missed opportunity because of how many guys, as you said, have dramatically outperformed their expectations and how many difficult opponents they have not just beaten but taken to the cleaners. It's just it's crazy that that you can look back on the season and if they miss the playoffs by a few games, you're gonna look at like the Cardinals series and the Athletics series and the White Sox series. And stuff like that in the Pirates series, like from the very beginning, it's crazy because, yeah, like as you said, tons of stuff going the right way, but yeah, they also right, at but the same time can't get out of their own way. No, and, and it's 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 just so bizarre. It's so bizarre. 
and and as we said, like we can't. We'll go on. I'll go on. Uh, do my radio hit on Tuesday morning. It'll be the same stuff. Well, if this happens, that could happen. If this happens, that could happen. By the time you get to the August 20s, you shouldn't be saying this. You should say, I feel like, uh, no, it's not I'm glad happen. we are, though. I'm glad we are. No, no, I'm totally, listen, Sammy, yeah. like, you know, people ask, like, hey, you know, you grew up Red Sox fan, you root for them. Like, I got to be honest with you, I, above everything, I root what's good for business, what's good for business. And them being in it, them winning is good for business. It just is. And yeah, I mean, I, I just, it's so, it's such a bizarre season and, and we're going to, we could be sitting here taping this on whatever Thursday night and it could look so dramatically different. I mean, mm-hmm. in, in either way, by the way, in either way, like, so if they get your, I just saw you hold up your calculator going out, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need a calculator for this, but if it's okay, the if the if they sweep the Astros, what will they? What will what? Where will they be in comparison to the Astros? They'll be ahead of them. They're three and a half back of the Astros as it stands right now. So yeah, if they Gordo sweep made, the Astros. Gordo made a good point today uh, on Twitter. I saw your tweet that with the Mariners sweeping the Astros, it kind of went from a three-team race to a four-team race for those last two spots. So. And it's, yeah, it's for two spots. It's not for one. So like, even though, like, even though you sit here as a fan, as a Red Sox fan, you want the Mariners to get swept because if the Mariners get swept all of a sudden, I believe that ties them with us, with the Red Sox, but, but them sweeping the Astros has now opened up like the Red Sox could be the second wild card team. Like Mm -hmm. there's, there's so many, there's so many different ways this could go with four teams bunched up like this. It's great to find who's playing. Let's see the series coming up. So you have what the matchups? I got all of them. Oh yeah, the Mariners at the White Sox. I think you the have, Blue Jays have the Orioles. Blue Jays are off They're tomorrow. Off. They're off. Yeah. An so to tie them, right? Or no? They're so you have uh, you have um, Blue Jays at Baltimore on Tuesday. Ooh, Ooh. big one. Is, is that for three, or do they have another off day on Thursday? No, that would be three. They, they wouldn't play two, I don't think. Uh, I could be wrong. But uh, Red Sox at Houston, Seattle at the, at the White Sox. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that's that's the most noteworthy ones. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, it's interesting. It's... <laughs> Toronto's got a tough. Toronto's got three against Baltimore, like we just said. And then I know the Guardians aren't exactly amazing, but that pitching staff can shut you down. They're they're pretty good. They're a weird team. You never know with them. They're like they're probably gonna take the series against against Cleveland, but you never know with Cleveland. Like Cleveland can kind of do stuff. They're Cleveland took two out of three against them uh, this month, actually. So we'll see. We'll see. Cle- yeah. Cleveland can kind of do stuff. No guards. They can. They can kind of do stuff. They it's inducted. Like... You see what they did this week with Manny. Who did they play? Oh and, yes, and they're so sweeping the Jays. You put yeah. Manny in your Hall of Fame, you're having a hell of a rest of the season. Boom! Absolutely. Really weird seeing Manny in the Cleveland uniform again, but good for him. I I can't believe he showed up. Well, you, oh my it, god, that was one of the great moments of last season for me. I bought that ticket to go to Ortiz in Manny's Hall of Fame induction. Manny's like my childhood hero, 
And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be the first time I've seen Manny in person since he returned with the Dodgers. And he didn't show up. <laughs> he did, he, so he didn't, I don't remember that. He showed up, he showed, he definitely showed up another day last yeah, year. He did. He like threw out the first pitch at a random game, like a few weeks later that I happened to be at. So I did get to Grace's presence. Really? Yeah. So I just, go he ahead. Just didn't show up. That's hilarious. <laughs> Can I just tell you, like, it's, uh, Manny might have been, so covering Manny from 2008, from January to the time he left in 2008, so that's seven months, was the most interesting guy maybe I've ever covered, like in always, in always. I mean, obviously at the end, it turned it turned bad like on a dime. And obviously you have the, the pushing the Jack McCormick traveling secretary, which is uh, terrible. But even before then, I did an interview with Manny at the All-Star game in New York that year. And he's sitting there, and I can't even explain how the, the old Yankee Stadium locker room set up, but there's two lockers that are basically almost like alcoves, like closets. So he gets one of them. So he's buried deep in this thing. And so I'm interviewing him, and he starts railing on John Henry. I mean, on the record about – because this is the whole thing with these guys. It gets in their head about picking up options. So if you go back to that time, he didn't, they weren't picking up. He had two options. They weren't picking up. So he's railing against John Henry, like out of nowhere. So this guy, if you go from most of the season, that first six months, he was happy. Go lucky Manny going back to when I showed up at this place called athletes performance, where all these guys worked out, Pedroia, Euclid, Carl Crawford, um, a bunch of football players. It's, I don't know if you guys ever heard of, but that's where they all worked out. So I show up there because I'm covering the Super Bowl for the Herald, or I'm like eight sidebar writer for the Herald for the Super Bowl. So I'm like, I'll go over. I go over there, and all of a sudden, Manny, who didn't talk to the media for years, for years, starts talking. And all he could say was, I want to be like Julio Frank. I want to be like Julio. That was his line. I want to be like Julio Frank because like to play until he's 50. That's why he's yeah. working. So anyway, he starts talking like, this is great. And he's entertaining. And he has this guy there and his name is, is he called him uncle Rico, which is so ironic because of Napoleon dynamite, but it was his uncle Rico. And, um, and so, and then he starts talking. So I, I must've done for the majority of that first half of that year, a million Manny stories because everything he said was entertaining. Like, I'm going to win the gold glove or talking about hitting or whatever it was. It was awesome. And then it took a turn. And so, anyway, that's my Manny story. He's, he's kind of like a like a wrestler who did a heel turn. Oh, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Without without dying his beard black. Yeah. <laughs> like Hulk. Have I told you guys my Manny story? Have I, have I told no, that? No, I want to hear it, though. Manny... Manny there's a reason Manny is my favorite player ever. And he was like my hero as a kid. Cause as you said, Rob, like Manny could have his highs and Manny could have his lows. And you really didn't know which man you were going to get, but it was one of my, I was a third grader at the time. I believe it was like 2005. And I was one of my first games. I went with my dad and ni neither of us had ever gotten a ball at a game before. And my dad at the time's in his forties. He's never gotten a ball. So John main on the Orioles threw us a ball during batting practice. And so like, this is like a huge deal. Like my dad's never gotten a ball. Like this is, this is the greatest day ever. And fast forward, we're sitting in, in the left field, like 
in foul territory in left field, kind of parallel to where Manny plays. Manny's my favorite player. And like right before the eighth inning starts or the bottom, or yeah, right before the top of the eighth inning starts, I run down to the wall to try to say hi to Manny, see if I can get him to say hi to me. And I, I get his attention and I wish, I wish people could see this. He waves hi to me with his glove like this, <laughs> kind of like if you could picture it, like someone saying, come and get it, like, come here, wave, like waving their hands, their fingers are, are pointed up and you're trying to kind of waving it towards your head. And to child, to kid Nat, to kid Gordo, it, it felt to me like he wanted me to throw him the ball. So I took the ball and right before the <laughs> inning started, I hurled it onto the field and he, he, it rolled over to him. I didn't make it to him. It rolls to him. And he looks up at me like I'm insane. And I'm like, Oh crap. Like I wasn't supposed to do that. So I figured he was going to get the ball and like either give it to me. The ball attendant was there and he could have given it to them to give it to me. But instead he put it in his back pocket <laughs> and uh, he played the entire inning with that ball in his back pocket, which is like, obviously against the rules you can't do that so i figure i'm standing there i didn't go back to my seat because i figured okay he probably just didn't think he had time he's going to give me the ball after the, the inning ends but the inning ends and manny runs back to the dugout and doesn't look back he didn't look back at me and i'm freaking out i'm like my dad's gonna kill me this is his first ball like i'm like i think he's gonna literally like kill me well anyway they hit that inning manny ended the bottom of the eighth, he was on deck. He didn't hit, but he was on deck. He then runs back to the left field to play the ninth, and he's warming up playing catch with Johnny Damon, and we can see the ball in his back pocket. And, like, everyone in left field saw what happened. So, like, the like three or four sections of people are all screaming at Manny, like, give the kid the ball, man. Manny, Manny, give the kid the ball! He, he's ignoring ignoring us playing catch, but then finally he's done playing catch. He kind of walks back to his spot and we lock eyes and he takes the ball and he walks over and he tosses it up. And I, I look at the ball. He had taken it into the dugout and he signed it for me. Oh, what a great story. That's awesome. What, what a great story. It literally like laid the foundation for my love of baseball was that that moment with Manny Ramirez right there. That's awesome. Loved him ever since. He like he's done he's done a lot of good, a lot of bad, but I'll always look to the good with him because it it, it really was. It's like you'd think like for a guy like him, it's like a very insignificant moment. But for me, it was it was everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did that's... you uh, did you ask him what his hangover cure was? I didn't get to do that. <laughs> that is part of my uh, it's on my to do list with him when I whenever I do one day get to speak with him. <laughs> well, so, yeah. So let me if if you if Manny's walking to you, right, let's set the scene. Like I'm all about making dreams happen. I don't know if I can make this happen, but if Manny's walking <laughs> to you, right? Manny's walking down. Here's Manny, Gordo. Here, Manny. I want you to meet Gordo. What? What do you? What's? What do you say? You have knowing that you know in that situation, it's you're gonna have about a minute, about a minute, maybe two, if he's really engaged. What do you got? Do you tell that story? That's like that's a tough story to tell. Well, I'm. I definitely would go to that. I definitely, I understand I wouldn't be able to go as in depth, but I'm hoping maybe there's like the smallest bit of a chance that maybe he you would, would try. It. So you would try to do it. You would try. You, I would try. Yeah. Immediately. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Sammy, yeah. who would you, who do who would, what, who would you want to meet? Oh, easy. Lu David Luis, Luis Urias. Well, David Ortiz, Pablo Luis Reyes, Urias, and Connor Wong and Pablo. Those are my four. That's my, um, 
what's it the the but, mount but david or david ortiz would be number one yeah if i if i met david ortiz and like you know i work i work with athletes so i i talk to them a lot different sport but i think he's the one guy where i would actually be like nervous and struggling to like get words out just because like he i put him on such a pedestal when i was a kid more so than like tom brady more so than any other red sox player i think if i like even at winter weekend when i was within 10 feet of him I felt like my like palms were sweating. I felt all shaky. I was like, "Oh my god, that's him! He's right there!" It's just like a larger than life human to me. So that's easiest question ever. So, but what would you say? I'd probably just—I don't know. It's really, <laughs> what do you even say? Like, it, like to someone like that? Like, I'd yes, be like, you could thank him. I would just be like, I hope you like <clears throat> genuinely, not to sound like a sap. But I hope you realize like the impact that you had on myself and my generation. Like we'll never, never have anything like that. Like that, that genuinely changed my life watching him growing up. Like that's how I fell in love with the game, watching David Ortiz. And I don't know, that's the one athlete where I feel like I would just freak out. Oh no. Oh God. Oh no. Oh no. He's not going to pick up. would have passed out on the podcast. (laughs) I was like, oh, no, how's my hair look? (laughs) Uh, No, it didn't work. You guys remember (laughs) in Uh, uh, 2006 or something when these guys would, like, sell their stuff? Like, Manny had his grill for sale on eBay, and Ortiz was, like, selling his car for just, like, anyone to buy. You guys remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember remember the car, yeah. What? Yeah, I I remember Manny selling his car and his grill. I remember yeah, specifically his grill. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I I tried to get my parents. I tried so hard, and like I'm a little kid at the time, but I tried so hard to get my parents to buy that grill. They wouldn't do it. There was there's, there's, very, there's no chance. Small ask. Come on, just buy the grill. I was like, get the grill. Come on, you can do it. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, actual question: grill or grill? No grill, like like flipping burgers grill. Okay, yeah, okay, flipping okay. big grill. Oh, hey, here, Rob. Uh, big poppy example i went to his last regular season game at fenway hmm. I, I was i was bawling like i lost the family oh, I, hate, I hated that series Pathetic. I, I was yeah i don't even remember I, I remember nothing about the game but i was just like you were crying you were weeping oh, fully yeah I'm, really I'm, like, I'm kind of a crier happy crier not not sad that's cry. a good, that's happy, good. I, yeah i happy cry a lot in a good way but um yeah that was like that felt like my childhood coming to an end like that's how well, so that so what you're talking about th- that was stupid like <laughs> i should say that <laughs> i really that i really grew up that moment not that yes Jamie, you, you freaking <laughs> idiot <laughs> no no i i phrase that incorrectly that series was stupid because they did a three-day event of david ortiz right yeah. And so if you remember, like, this was a very real thing. Like, I am fully convinced, and uh, having gone through it, I think other people are as well, that it was a chaotic thing. It was just chaos for three days. Clubhouse is packed full of people. It, it was exhausting. And remember, they were going into the postseason. And everybody came off of that was like, oh, my God. Like, that was that was a lot. That was a lot. That killed, too right what? just the... yeah it, and then and then so they go into the series the postseason series against cleveland which they actually had a chance at yeah and they fall flat and so 
And that's why I like the the Ortiz like the, of the gifts given to Ortiz during that tour. I know a lot of people remember what was it peanut butter or something in Minnesota. Someone gave him peanut. I just remember the golf cart they gave him with the Dominican flag on the on the top. I'm like, what is he possibly going to do with this? I, I want to know where some of those gifts are. You know I what feel- I want to know? Yeah. I want to know where he put the the freaking Orioles bullpen phone. Remember that? That was oh yeah. Ridiculous. Oh, of course. Go 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 back and look at that video. The best part is Lavello and Pedroia just trying to try to keep a straight face, <laughs> like by like dodging shrapnel. But uh, that's, that's why we love him. He cares. He cares. Oh no! I, this is why I love covering Ortiz because like he's genuine, man. Like, and sometimes it got him him into trouble, but he's legit genuine. So. Yeah, I, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't even know where to start with Ortiz. It's, uh, yeah. but you go to to your point. The his last game obviously was the last postseason game where they lose to Cleveland, and he goes to, he goes to the mound. The mound, remember that? I bet you were bawling then too, right? That's yeah. what got me. I'm not a yeah. crier. I'm not a yeah. crier, and that got me. So, so I, so, like, for some reason, MLB Network hired me to get sound on the field. I, I never done it. Like, I don't. It's weird. So I got out on the field where before a lot of people were allowed. So, I was actually on the like the the skirt of the mound when he's doing this. Like, so, like, because you see there's some some people around that mound. So I'm like, you can see pictures. I'm wearing my Carhartt jacket, like, on the skirt of this mound. Like, like there's some moments where you're like, I have to – it's kind of like uh, Joe Kelly said this the other day when he's talking about running in for the bullpen and getting the standing O from Dodgers fans. He's like, I don't ever listen to it, but I knew at that moment I had to. I mean, I knew I had – I should – like, that's the same thing with me at that moment. Like I knew that that was a moment. Like I, for some reason, like I had to to realize how lucky I was to be at that moment. It's really know. cool that that you were kind of able to remind yourself to to be in that moment and not just let it pass by. Like, well, you were- yeah, it's it's and that's hard to do, honestly. A lot. Um, I and I will say this is that maybe Ortiz is also probably responsible for at least a top three moment for me professionally, I'm not even talking about that was when we went in May of last year where he gets the private tour of the hall of fame. And he invited me along with Ian Brown to go with him. I mean, this is like Cooperstown early May, no one there. And he gets this private tour and, you know, I'm, they show a movie in this theater like no one's in. I'm just thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm going to be up, you know, 50 rows ahead of him. And I end up sitting like three seats over from him. And I'm looking at him. And it's like this 15 minute movie of Hall of Famers talking about it being in the Hall of Fame. And you could tell, like, oh, he's getting really emotional. And then you take the tour with him. And then you go down and, like, there he is holding Babe Ruth's bat. And so, like, I am not going to, like, even attempt to be cynical about any of that. Like, that was. That was really cool. That was good. Did, did Big Poppy happy cry? Is he part of the team? Yeah, I think he's well, he was happy crying in, I think in both those moments. Well, he happy cry he happy cried on the mound. He happy That's cried, right. I think, somewhat maybe a little bit 
in the movie, but definitely later in that day, they have a little bit of a press conference. He starts talking about Kirby Puckett and, and uh, in front of the plaques. So, yeah. So, yeah. See, see, men, nothing wrong with happy no, crying. No, nothing wrong with happy oh, crying. Let it flow. Happy, happy cry all the time, my kids. And I will say, so I asked this question because it happened to me recently. Um, it, I, I may, I can't remember if I, we talked about this, the Eddie Vedder thing. No. Uh, oh, at the so I was at the All Star game, and I'm I'm watching. So Eddie Vedder for me is a bucket list guy, right? Like you said, Sammy. Like you're around people, but there's certain things. Shannon Elizabeth of American Pie. I met her. You know, you know that movie American Pie. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh <laughs> so but uh, but Eddie Vedder is a bucket list guy, and um, so. At the All-Star game, right before the game starting, I'm walking through the concourse of Seattle trying to get something to eat, and here comes Theo the other way. And I hadn't seen Theo in a long time. Hey, Theo. And he's like, hey, what's going on? This is Eddie. And it's like, and I, I was, uh, uh, uh. And he, he's so cool. He was just like, that's okay. <laughs> like, that's so cool. But then, but, right, but, but but my but so and, and Theo's like, oh man, you really missed the boat on not having a baseballs and boring shirt. I'm like, yeah, I did. Oh. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> they're like here, they're like here, have a CD. Like this is Eddie's new single, and they're both laughing. And I'm like, uh, really? He's like, nah, we bought it from some guy off the street. I'm like, do they know <laughs> who they're buying it from? So like, yeah, but I to, to your point, like this is maybe an educational film slash podcast. Be ready for that moment because I wasn't ready for that moment. And what I blew it, as my wife explained to me later, was my my daughter got married last year. And the father-daughter dance was an Eddie Vedder song, not a Pearl Jam song, an Eddie Vedder song called Skipping, which it like you're gonna have to Google it. It's certainly not in anybody's playlist, but it's a great father-daughter dance. Eddie Vedder sings it, it's sort of about his daughter, and I'm like how did I miss this opportunity to like say something about that? Oh, true. Yeah. And yeah, so, you feel like, how can I get back in touch with that guy? Now I did, I did take a selfie with him, which I normally would never do, you know, and Theo's there and, and Theo was cool enough to be you know, on board with it. But I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to let that pass away by, which by the way, I don't, I didn't tell you guys this about my bill murray thing did i tell you this monday when i'm in, in going to washington in the airport in logan airport you know my bill murray selfie taken 30 years ago yeah yeah famous bill murray self so another bucket list thing someday i want to show bill murray this photo eight o'clock in the morning logan airport bill murray sitting there by himself Wow. And again, normally I wouldn't do it, but I'm like, I, I, I just like, you almost have to, you have to like psych yourself up understanding if you don't do it, you're going to be kicking yourself no matter what happens. So I go up to him and, and I, and I've heard stories like, I love Bill Murray, but I heard he could be grumpy. And so and it's eight o'clock in the morning. So I'm like walking toward him and he's, he's initially sort of seemingly giving stiff arm but I'm literally leading with my phone with a picture of it. Like I'm almost throwing it at him. 
like here and he's and he immediately like stops his like whatever he was gonna say to say ah he's like where's this i'm like oh it's camden yards like that's camden yards 2000 uh do the um 1993 all-star game and he's like uh oh second best stadium he thought he goes he's like that was a great party I'm like, oh man, yeah, yes, it was. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm sure it was. And then he was like, uh, he's like, second best stadium in there. I'm like, oh, you mean after Wrigley? Yeah, because you love Wrigley. I'm like, did you go to Fenway? Because I knew he had gone to Sean McDonough's golf tournament. And oh, he's like, oh, it's pretty good too. That he got so pissed off, he got legit pissed off that I was mentioning Fenway with Wrigley. He's like. Fenway is like a shopping mall compared to Fet- to Wrigley. And and he's getting legit. And so I'm like, ah, yeah. So we're going back and forth to the point. Then it goes to like, you're going to have to get out of here. I was, you're going to have to get Wrigley and Fenway. I was trying to have a good morning. You're going to have to get out of here. But it was legit serious. I'm like, okay. Because wow. otherwise I was looking for the window to take the, the selfie, you know, whatever. But uh, 30 years later, 30 years later. Yeah. Anyway, those it's are the hell of a story. I, don't know. I, uh, I I'm, I'm still kicking myself uh, right before the season. I was in L.A. Um, for work and I was eating tacos and Juan Soto walked right by me and I froze up and didn't say anything. Really? Definitely him, too. I had my glasses on. Coop, so I could Coop asked Coop uh, when we went to the All-Star game last year. Cooper's in the locker room. He, I, I give Coop a lot of credit. He like Juan Soto had this big necklace or something, or something. He had some, and he asked him to pose with it, and he took a picture of them. You know yeah. what? Actually, you, I think that's when it was. Actually, I think it was the All Star game. I don't think it was the off season because my work. Yeah, that lines up with my work trip. So yeah, it was actually after the All Star game in L.A. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh wow! I had to go there for a press conference. So yeah. I saw him. He had like a backwards hat, and I did the whole like, "Do do I say something?" And yeah, it it's tough, man. It's tough. I get he was it. The most famous man in baseball at that time too, because it was aligned with all the trade stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it's tough. I did, you know, it can come back to burn you, and I'll give you the example of it coming back to burn you. In in Toronto, I was at the port. You ever heard Porter Airlines? No. Porter yes. Air. Well, the Porter is great. If you if you ever go to Toronto, right? Yeah, if you ever go to Toronto, fly Porter Air, it goes right to the middle of the city. And they have their lounge is sort of almost like I compared to like a scene out of Mad Men. Like all these weird like 70s chairs and everyone's drinking for free. And so anyway, I'm in this circle of chairs and this family comes over and says, can we sit here? I'm like, yeah. And I look up and it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt, the actor. Again, mm-hmm. legit one of my favorite actors. Like not even a lot. I love, I like, really, really admire him, like him. And so they're sitting there, and now I'm sitting like, what do I do? And so I, I st- you know, I'm like, oh, I just want to let you know, I'm a really big fan. It's like, thanks. But he was with his little kid, his wife, and his mother. And then now it's like, as soon as you say that, he's going to take his kid for a walk. So I'm left with his mother and his wife. And so we're talking, we're talking, talking. So now the planes are going to board. So like, again, I'm like, I got to shoot my shot here. So he's over by across the way with his kid. I said, hey, nice to meet you. Can I get a selfie? He's like, not here. I'm like, there's there's no worse feeling. There's no worse feeling. Oh. 
I don't blame him though. I don't blame. I I I can respect it, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, because if you if you take it and other people see it, then they they lock eyes on him and try to figure out who he is, and then they're taking pictures. So I get it, but like, oh my god, that kills. Yeah, I, it's, also, it's, like, it's like asking someone to the prom and being turned down. Yeah. <laughs> that that reminds me of uh, I I was once uh, at Fenway Park. And uh, Alex Rodriguez was there and he was signing autographs and I was right up there and I, I go like, Alex, can I, can I take a picture with you? He goes, you can take a picture of me. <laughs> I was like, Oh, what a dick. That's kind of cool though. That's, that's kind of a rod. Like if I met Pedroia and he told me to like F myself, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, know, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, at that point I just, I started turning around and snapping selfies just like, like a gazillion of them and i got a couple of good ones where he's looking at my camera pretty annoyingly like <laughs> yeah it's yeah i mean it's uh it's a tough one man like it's a tough one i it i get it but lesson learned when when sammy when you meet Luis urias have something ready to say to him yeah if you, you freeze up with Luis urias you no excuses anymore man pablo reyes too no excuses i'm, I'm gonna lay up tonight and i'm gonna be like okay I'm, here's my list of like like my book, and I'm gonna make sure I have like all that stuff. There you go. That's in my like brain notebook. Yeah. What am I gonna say when I when I run into Manny Ramirez and Tom Brady? One Who day? is so of this current Red Sox team? Because I want to make dreams come true. I felt like we went down that path of Jaron Duran thanking you, Gordo, for your support for his All Star game. That was the best. So uh, give me one one person each who you you would like to to meet. And what you would say to them of this Red Sox team, oh, Sammy? You can go okay, first. I don't. Oh, who wants Gordy? You want to go first? I definitely know the person I would want to talk to, but the but the but what I would say would be there's so many options of what you say, but I mean I feel like there's a million different avenues you could go down talking to Tristan Casas. Oh. like that would well, be that would be a that'd be fun. What would you ask? What what which which avenue? The thing about Casas is like you'll you'll go in with I'm going to ask him about this and then you end up somewhere else. So I buy that. Yeah. So I mean, you could you could go. I mean, you could go with the tanning on the field. You could go well, with the, the bucket swing. And, 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 and an unnamed broadcaster said they saw Casas outside the park shirtless. <laughs> the dog man, he's very. He's very... <laughs> Casas is very single. Put it that way. <laughs> uh, with with no car, I've confirmed that no car and did not understand that you uh, your Uber rating. Uh, you can get an Uber rating as a passenger. Um, all right, Sammy, who do you got? Does it have to be a player? Can it be a staff? No. Member? Ooh, <laughs> I like that direction. Where are you going with that? Oh, Veritech. Oh, oh okay. Big Poppy, big by far my favorite. Veritex in that next tier. He's yeah, also my say? sister's favorite player. My sister loves him, so I. Would well, what like, would you say? How good did it feel to hit Aaron? Nah, he'd oh, he hate that. He'll shut you out. Yeah, he'll be walking away. But I would, <laughs> I would say I asked him. No, I, I really don't know what I would say. Guys on the current team, like, it's weird. I, I, I view it differently. I, I try not to, like, in my head, I don't get attached to the players because I know they could be gone, and I. I don't know, man. It's tough. I, I like Connor Wong B 
because of the not so much an interaction last year when I walked by him after he got sent down to uh, Worcester and he looked so depressed. I was just kind of like, I hope this guy, I hope this guy succeeds. Like he looked genuinely hurt. So I guess I would tell Connor Wong the story about my girlfriend and I walking by him and almost saying something, but feeling bad and how we both root for him now. But they appreciate that. I mean, they, they, they truly appreciate that. I'm going to tell him that story. It was depressing. It was super depressing. He looked, he looked like his like dog just died or something. So, well, what, how, how should I tell this story that you, he would, he just got sent down. He's walking oh, by you and your girlfriend. Yeah. Coming back you, from dogs. And you felt and bad for him. You saw him with like <laughs> luggage or a bag or something. And I said to my girlfriend, that's Connor Wong on the Red Sox. And then I walked towards him and I kind of had a moment like, Oh wait, he just got sent down. Should I give him a like a words of encouragement? Nah, I'm 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 nobody. He he doesn't want to hear it. So I just walked by and I remember looking at him. We didn't make eye contact or anything, but I just felt awful for the guy. And it's it, you saw the human side of baseball for a second, and it, it, it just felt bad. And now seeing him succeed feels even better, just because you know how much it means to him. It's cliche, but it's I th- I thought you were going to say that. It's something similar to the moment where I get we met for the first time, Sammy, and I gave you the baseball, the the valued at hundreds of thousands of dollars off the Jalen Beak simulation game. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's crazy. I forgot that's how you guys met. Got there in four minutes. Well, I mean, in person. <laughs> Great. Oh man, God bless if baseball. If I didn't do that, if I didn't do that, we we might not be here. Because nah, that's how- yeah, probably not. I mean, you probably would. It's. You didn't say much, man. Like, you gotta trust the talent, Sammy. Trust the talent. I was like, I couldn't even breathe. I had just sprinted. You're like, hey, I'm Rob. Nice to meet you. I was like, Sammy, nice to meet you. And Coop, I remember Coop was looking at me, and I was like, who's this guy? He's he's staring at me like, like Coop I'm, was there. Coop was next to you, and he was looking at me, and I was like, he's looking at me like I'm crazy. And then I kind of realized, like, I, I do come across as crazy right now. I just sprinted here for a Jalen Beeks. Well, in, in fairness, your heart rate was like 180, so it's okay. Uh, and it was a Jalen Beek simulation game, uh, yeah. foul ball. Um, all right. Well, we've, we've, as we, as always, we've solved a lot of problems, but the most important thing is, as I think that you guys caught the spirit of the thing that we can continue these podcasts and we can continue these conversations. We think, we think out where they actually matter. And like, as we sit here and you know what? Maybe in four days, it won't matter. Maybe it'll take a turn for them. But we're appreciating the moment for the great game of baseball and and these sort of like – it was a great game on Sunday. It was a great game. It was. Both sides. The game of baseball was a real winner, Yankees fans. You're welcome. I'm right? sure, that'll, I'm sure that'll make them feel all better. <laughs> Yankees fans, now that you've heard that and you're in a good mood, have a great Monday. <laughs> No, your team just got swept by their biggest rival. They haven't lost eight eight in a row in my entire lifetime. But yes, I agree. Game of baseball wins, so you go home with a smile on your face. Yeah, that'll do it. There you go. You're welcome.